This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, pre-madness, free agency starts in a few hours. I just wanted to throw my thoughts out there, though, first. Uh, I want to go over a little bit of the NHL draft, what I thought of the Leafs draft, um, and as well as the... We made a couple of moves here and there, but uh, that and then what I think the Leafs are going to do in free agency as well. Um, So let's kick it right off. So number one, obviously the Leafs nation is divided. The Leafs didn't pick a guy uh, listed at over 177. We all saw the tweets from the angry old men. Oh, we picked a bunch of small guys again. Uh Uh-oh, we're going to get pushed around the playoffs again. Uh Uh-oh. That, to me, is ridiculous. A, those listings are all, all out of date. When was the last time they actually went in and got weighed by central scouting? Like, Amarov's agent already came out and said, no, this kid's 185, six foot one, an inch taller and eight pounds heavier than what he's listed at. So, But A, B, also, we're not going to see these kids for... Most of these kids for another four years. They're not going to touch the Leafs roster for about another four years. And that's okay. So, to start off, the pick of Rodian Amarov. A lot of people were thinking that the Leafs are going to go after Braden Schneider. Um, I heard a little bit of Caden Gooley. Listen, Braden Schneider, actually, to backtrack... Andy Petrillo asked Craig Button, uh, "Hey, what do you think of the Leafs' pick? They could have uh, when they could have picked a defenseman that could have helped the team in a, a year or two. What do you mean a year or two? Braden Schneider is not a year or two away from being an NHL defenseman. He's got one more year in the WHL, and then maybe we don't know what's going to happen after that." It's kind of ridiculous to me that they think that people that haven't even watched him. These are all, reminder, these are all people that have not watched any of these prospects. Say, oh, a guy that a year or two can help us out. B, in in two years, you don't even know where the club's going to be at. Like, we have no, you have no idea what the roster's going to look like. And I mean... It makes no sense. This guy's going to probably take at least three years to be okay and to be a somewhat of a contributor as a third-pairing defenseman. How many defensemen drafted over the past couple of years, say from 2018, from 15 and on, uh, have become solid contributors to their club on a full-time NHL basis a year or two after they're drafted? There's not many, not many at all. And guess what? The Leafs drafted one of those guys in Rasmus Sandin. But now well, we're, we're trying to push him out of the lineup because we need bigger, stronger uh, guys from the Western Hockey League. 
So that to me made no sense. Where people who don't follow the draft all of a sudden have all these draft opinions on players that they've never watched. It it, it blows my mind. B, Braden Schneider does not have as high of a ceiling. Braden Schneider is not as talented as Rodian Amarov. And Caden Gooley as well. Severely, like, you saw the deficiency. It said on the TV screen, he lacks offense. He's a skater. He can skate and he can throw the body. He's six foot four. But okay, that's great. This guy's also playing against 16 and 17 year olds. So it was kind of weird that people weren't excited that, like, this pick of Rodian Amarov was a great pick. He's a great player. Everyone saw it. Yeah, I posted it yesterday. Scored a hell of a shootout goal and actually looked pretty decent. And you know where he's playing? In one of the better leagues in the world with men. And he's looking decent already. So I don't know why the Leafs, nobody could, some Leafs nation couldn't appreciate this pick. I thought it was a fantastic pick here. Um, B, on top of that, oh, we need to get bigger, we need to get tougher. You know what? Adding a little bit of bite to your lineup, it doesn't hurt. It's something that you need. You saw Tampa did have that bite. They didn't have any bigger players, though. I mean, when you say, oh, we need that bite, look at the, look at that, look at their line that was very efficient at forechecking and providing that tenacity. Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau were the ones driving that. What were they? Tenacious, smaller players that can really skate. And you know what? You draft these good, skilled, smaller players it's not out of this realm that you can trade them for bigger players later. Look what Kyle Dubas has already done. Sean Dursey, Carl Grundstrom, and got Jake Muzzin. Sean Dursey's six foot listed six foot one eighty-five. I'm not sure he's actually that. Carl Grundstrom is six foot one eighty-five around there as well. And they got six foot four Jake Muzzin. Six foot four, what? Two twenty Jake Muzzin. Okay. Example B. When the Leafs traded for Kyle Clifford and Jack Campbell in this trade, who was the player that they traded? Five foot ten, Trevor Moore. So why is it out of this realm that we can trade these smaller players and address immediate needs down the line? So to me, it just blew my mind. This complaining about size and why didn't we draft someone who is big? I don't know, maybe because it's not 1995 and you're not allowed to take someone's head off in the neutral zone anymore. Maybe it's not it's not 1995 and you need someone to go out there and fight Bob Probert. It's not like that anymore. And also, these kids, as I mentioned, these kids are, gonna, are like four years away. So, the other part of the draft I wanted to comment on, the Leafs trading down from 44... <laughs> With Ottawa to 59 and 67, I believe, I really like that trade because you're getting great value. To trade down 15 spots in the second round and then also get a high third round pick for it. And then the Senators went out and drafted a kid who's had two points in the USHL this year, Tyler Clevin. Great pick, Ottawa. Stay hot. Stay hot, Pierre. Um, and then the Leafs getting uh, Hirvona and then... Topi, I think it was the kid, the other kid's first name. Listen, I haven't watched many of these other kids, so I can't judge. From what I've heard from people that have watched them, they seem to really like these kids. So, all in all, I'm happy with the draft. I'm happy with Rodin Amarov. And I can't wait to watch some hockey midday and see how he develops and how what he can do. Uh, 
with his career. So, short and sweet on draft, uh, my thoughts on the draft. Let's get into some free agency talk here. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Free agency just around the corner. Um, as it stands right now, let's take a look at what the Leafs roster is as it stands right now. We have, I believe it's two main pieces that are restricted free agents in Travis Dermott and Ilya Mikhaev. Um, obviously, Kyle Clifford, uh, Frederick Gautier gone. Kyle Clifford is a UFA. I'm not too, too sure what's going on there. I've heard a lot of rumors swirling around. Uh and then, obviously, Travis Dermott's an RFA, and then Ilya Mikhaev's an RFA as well. So we have to sort those two out there. And we've got about $5 million in cap space to do so, as it stands right now, October 9th, 732. Um, including those, the Mikhaev and Dermott into the lineup, our lineup looks something like this. Uh, first line, I'd go Hyman, Matthews, and then Nylander, Marner, whoever you want to plug in there. Second line would be something along the lines of Janssen, maybe Mikhaev, center Tavares, and then right wing Marner, Nylander, however you want to pair it. Third line is where it starts to get interesting. I think Nick Robertson is penciled in there, not lightly penciled in. They added some force behind that pencil, you know, a little tougher to erase. Should it be erased? I think Nick Robertson, though, I think he's earned it. I think he really is going to be playing third line, left wing there. Um, he was dominant in the OHL last year. Uh, if you haven't watched, there's highlights up on the YouTube page. Um, but third line, Nick Robertson, left wing. Center, Alex Kerfoot. And then right wing, someone along the lines of Mikhaev. Uh, fourth line... Here's that again gets interesting. I think Pierre Engvall right now on the left wing, Jason Spezza down the middle, and then a lot of people may have forgot of we have Barabanov that we signed in the offseason. He is currently not playing in the KHL, so I think the Leafs have promised him a roster spot as of right now. So I think I'm like I can almost guarantee we're going to see him opening day, or else he'd be playing right now in the KHL. So on defense is where it really becomes interesting and is very unclear. And this is where I think we're going to address it. Uh, Kyle Dubas is going to be addressing this uh, this spot, this gap uh, today, hopefully. Maybe, I don't know, there's like two months left of offseason. We start in January, at least start in January. So plenty of time. And even after that, you can make a trade during the season. It's not out of this realm to address a need there. So as it stands right now with the defense, it's something along the lines of Morgan Riley. Uh, the right side will say Miko Lettinen. Um, and then second line, obviously, I believe Muzzin Hole is going to be the pairing there. Third line, maybe some Sandine, some Lilgren. And then you have Travis Dermott, obviously, as well. So obviously, as I've, I've mentioned, that left side, is quite log jammed there. I don't think you should be going into the season with Riley, Muzzin, Dermot, Sandine all playing the left side there. So there's a big opening for a trade or possibly even a position move. Maybe we see Travis Dermot playing the right side 
come the beginning of the year. Now, who could the Leafs add on that right side? Because clearly, the right side is the side that we're looking at to, to improve. Last season, you know, it just... The guys that we had didn't get it done, and plus, Cody Ceci and Tyson Berry are now walking away. Um, as I said, we do have Lettinen, who supposedly can play the right side. I'm not sure. I don't think right now he is currently playing the right side in... Uh, the KHL for Jokaret, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, so, who is available right now, who is on the unrestricted free agency market, that we can add? The first name that I've heard everywhere, that I've heard, oh, the Leafs have a connection with, is Radko Gudis. Now, Dubas did say that he does want to add some toughness to this squad. Uh, you know, so, and why you add toughness to the squad is... You, you, obviously intimidation um, being a tougher team to play against which he also did say however I find that at times the Leafs got into a rut it seemed and they had no juice and it led to inconsistencies game to game you had that toughness you had that excitement factor uh, I mean you could wake the boys up a little bit and uh, you could see a little bit more more consistency from them you see a little bit more jump that's my opinion to it. So Radko Gudis, now, last season with Washington and in the playoffs with Washington, he was terrible. He was not good. Previously, before that, though, in a third-pairing role, you know, he his underlying metrics were fantastic. And as I said, uh, as I said, he brings that toughness factor as well. So... You're going to be getting him. Previously, he was getting paid, I think, three and a half mil a year. I mean, after last year's not good season, I could see him going for about nine hundred thousand, maybe a mil, a million dollars. But again, I think that he still just fills your third pairing role. So anything more than that, you're kind of swinging for the fences on this one. It's kind of a stretch. So bringing Radko Gudis in cheap contract, play that depth role. Hopefully he can recoup what he had. He hasn't, uh, hopefully he hasn't lost it totally. Uh, I mean, he is only 30 years old, so it could be decent. Um, the one thing that I don't like with him is he takes a lot of stupid penalties. I just remember when he was with the Flyers, it was like, I was seeing tweet after tweet, video after video of this guy just taking stupid penalties and everyone making all these like it looked like this guy ate cereal with a fork like how many stupid penalties he took so he does come with that caveat I don't even know if that's the proper word but Racco Kudis could be a decent depth signing I mean but there is that if factor as I said other guys that the Leafs are looking at supposedly um Chris Tanev, a guy that actually is very strong defensively. Um, not the greatest offensive player, but hell, I mean, kind of looking for that there. I think that would be a decent pairing with Morgan Riley, um, having him there. Um, the one thing with him, though, he uh, he's obviously trending downward. He's getting up there in age, injury issues. I bet he's going to be looking for about five years and it's going to be a little bit out of the Leafs price range. by a little bit I mean decent 
amount out of the Leafs price range so I I doubt he bring he he takes a shorter term contract to come home uh, if he does that would be pretty good signing I think I think he checks a lot of boxes there uh, so could be an option there I kind of doubt it though uh, another one that I was thinking of that I actually kind of liked Sammy Votnin. Uh, former New Jersey Devil got traded to the Hurricanes at the trade deadline. Didn't play any regular season with them. Came back from injury in the playoffs and was not very good. Was famously told by Brad Marchand, you belong in the press box. And he kind of did. He didn't look very good. He was not very good last game. Uh, not very good in the seven games that he played. Right? But if Sammy Votnin can return to form, I think that could be quite a good signing there I mean a fairly mobile defenseman he's got a big shot that the Leafs could really use on their power play that was one thing I really think they lacked was that big shot on the power play that we didn't get from Tyson Berry that we didn't get from that we don't get from Morgan Riley so defensively I think I think he's sufficient he has played in a first line role before previously I think with Anaheim and with New Jersey so I've seen some people say he's overrated but I think he checks a lot of boxes for the Toronto Maple Leafs and right now I don't think he's going to be too expensive simply because he's coming off of injury not very good showing the playoffs and I mean overall not that great of he was a decent last year, but I I just don't feel he he didn't even get he got traded for what a second and a little bit at the trade deadline. I just don't see him going for too too much. So I mean one hopefully he's available on a shorter term contract. Uh, but this could be a decent look for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, another name that I've seen thrown out there, I think is almost definitely going to be out of the Leafs price range TJ Brody uh, again a guy with pretty decent shot I did throw together some highlights if you would like to see them they're on the YouTube page Um, pretty decent shot maybe not the most mobile defenseman fairly sound defensively Uh, the big thing with him how he moves the puck up ice is he's a pretty good passer Uh, even in the offensive zone I, I, I like his vision out there and I like the way that he is able to pass the puck up the ice uh, is about three years separated from his last 40 point season is kind of trending downward lately and as I said I'm not the quick not the fleetest of foot um, I believe he is going to be looking though for a long-term contract and quite a bit of money right now he's on a 4.75 million dollar contract with Calgary I think his last term was about five years so I can see him signing for about five five by five around there which again currently how the Leafs are constructed that's out of their that's out of their um, that's out of their price range right now so one guy that I, I, I he's gone Dylan DeMello was on a list that the Leafs were kind of taking a look at uh he went to Winnipeg for, was it, three mil for four years, or 12 mil total. Uh, would have been right in the Leafs' price range. Again, uh, that would have been a great target. I've heard a lot of good things about him. I've seen a lot of good things from him. Um, so that was a little bit unfortunate to see him 
be taken off the market before Friday like that. So I'm probably missing one more from the free agents list. Uh, there was a couple names that I did see that the Leafs are targeting. Again, notice the pattern here. There are a lot of them are defensemen. Um, two names that weren't qualified that could be targets for the Toronto Maple Leafs from what I've heard from not sources, but this is just speculation, uh, and that being Matt Benning and Troy Stetcher. Uh, Jankowski was in there too. I'll just toss him in. Why not? Um, so the pattern that you might see with those three names is that they were all terrible last year, and that's why they're available. They were all not good, but the years before that were all decent. Nothing stupendous, nothing to say, oh, damn, we got Mark Jankowski. It was all, it was decent. He was, he was an okay player, 30-point player. And you know what? That's why he, he's available right now. So, I mean, one season does not make a player's career, in my opinion. So there is the strong possibility that Mark Jankowski back, uh, uh, bounces back. I don't know why I couldn't remember what that word was, but that he bounces back, as well as Benning, as well as Troy Stetcher. Now, Troy Stetcher, I believe, I haven't taken too look, good of a look of the numbers. Great job, Joe. But... Last season, from what I believe, he was his spot was taken by Quinn Hughes. His playing time, from what I saw, went down about three minutes a night. And they just had no use for him, especially at the price tag that he was at, um, to qualify him. So, he became expendable and he was gone. I mean, he's a decent defenseman. He's okay. I wouldn't want him on my first pairing. That just shows that the team's got a large deficiency there. But... That could be an okay signing as well. But again, it's a depth signing. What the Toronto Maple Leafs really need is a legit number one right defenseman. As I've said time and time again, they're in dire need of this right now. If you watch last season, they didn't have it, and it got pretty ugly, even the season before. So a guy like Troy Stetcher, Matt Benning, I mean, I just feel like you already kind of have that level of player. They need to be swinging for the fences there. And that's that's the, the word on the street. That's what Elliot Friedman has said, that they are looking to add a big piece right shot defenseman. So is it is this big right shot defenseman Matt Benning or Troy Stetcher? Probably not. But if you want to go cost effective, if you want to gamble a little bit on this, then... I think Troy Stetcher, Matt Benning, Jankowski are one of those guys is your man, in my opinion. So, I don't, I'm not holding my breath for the Leafs to make the move that they are looking to make today, simply because, again, we have two months left of offseason. A lot of teams are kind of financially uncertain. We're going to get a better picture of will there be uh, fans in the crowds, probably we'll get a better idea of that in December. A lot of teams do rely on that heavily as their TV contracts won't, it, it, this isn't the NFL. So I feel like that the Leafs can play the waiting game even into the season and then get a good piece uh, 
via trade for not a whole ton of money. And again, we do have Miko Lettinen signed for one year. And by all accounts, from what I've seen, he's been fantastic in the KHL. How that translates, I'm not 100% sure yet, but right now it's looking very promising. So I can see the Leafs doing what they did last uh, two seasons ago, I guess, with Jake Muzzin. You remember they started the year, uh, iced a pretty terrible defensive roster, and then they went out and they traded for Jake Muzzin. And guess what? They won that trade. A first and two B-level prospects. Uh, I might say B+. Plus, but a first and two decent prospects for Jake Muzzin, who is now signed for another five years, I believe. So I could see something like that happening. Um, I can also see the Leafs going out and signing someone today. However, this... Like, I've thrown out the roster there. All the spots are filled. And there's about 4 or $5 million left on the table. Two guys actually left to sign and we have restricted free agency. I highly doubt Kyle Dubas is done yet. And I think a lot of pieces are going to be moved. And one of them being Travis Dermott. I just don't understand how he can be playing left defense for the Toronto Maple Leafs next year. With all things considered, I mean, I haven't heard anything of him. I haven't heard any plans of him moving to the right side. I haven't, I haven't heard anything from Travis Dermott's end. But the Leafs are going to be active, and he could be, you know, attractive for a team like uh, New Jersey. I guess I don't know. Maybe uh, a team like Anaheim, kind of on that up and coming. I think of who was at the top of the draft this year. Um, I don't think they want to trade him to Ottawa. That'd be kind of mean. Uh, but, yeah, Travis Dermott, I just I just don't see it. There's no room. I, I do, really don't think Rasmus Sandin needs another year with the Toronto Marlies. So, ciao, Travis. It's been nice knowing you. Uh, that's all I have for now. Probably do another episode Monday recapping this. But uh, today, today is going to be complete. Completely wild. That's what I can... This weekend. We'll stretch it. I'll uh, hedge my, my statement here a little bit. This weekend is going to be completely wild. There are so many teams that just have so many question marks. The Vancouver Canucks, what are they going to do in net? Um, the Florida Panthers, do they resign one of Mike Hoffman, Evgeny, uh, uh, one of Dadanov? Oliver Lackman Larson, what happens there? By the time you listen to this, it'll probably be solved, unfortunately. But what happens there with Arizona and him? What happens with Arizona? Do we move that stupid poverty franchise out of the desert where the arena is two hours away from civilization? God. Anywho. What happens with him? Tory Krug is on the market. Uh, guys that were staples, that were big pieces to franchises are now suddenly available. This is going to be wild. Um, and before I sign off, everyone's saying, oh, the Leafs are in cap hell. The Leafs are in cap hell. You can't play, pay three players over $10 million. I was crunching some numbers last night. The San Jose Sharks, until 24-25, even some of these guys are signed past that. Logan Couture is going to be 36. 
around there. He's still going to be signed for big money. Eric Carlson, 1990, let's do some quick math, 34. Vander Kane's going to be about 34, I believe, around there. Brent Burns is going to be 40, and that's going to be the last year of his deal. That makes up, and Mark Edward Vlasic, who's going to be 37. That makes up $41 million. But the Leafs are in cap hell because they paid three guys $10 million. A couple of those guys won't even, like, I'm pretty sure their contracts are up before that. Tell me how that makes sense. Please. The Leafs are in cap hell. Oh, but Tampa Bay has $4 million to sign Sergachev, Sorelli, and there's one other name in there too. And all of their guys are on no movement clauses. Hmm. Hmm. It's called trades. It's called signings. The Leafs are okay. I wouldn't worry too, too much. So, enjoy the madness. Try to do some work today. Try to go for a walk. Or don't. Or just barricade yourself in your house like you've done for the past six months like I have. But, take care. But then, for whatever reason, things went sideways with Mark Jankowski. And last year, to put it politely, he stunk. He was terrible. I don't think he got a, a point within his first 20 games. Uh, I think he ended the season with seven points, maybe. It was definitely under 10 points. So, yeah, that's why, that's why he's available right now. He was terrible last year.